And welcome back to another edition of the On the Board Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Will Cherucci, a.k.a. Will C., coming to you from Long Island, New York, on Monday, April 3rd, 2023. It's early in the morning, went out for a little walk, had to, you know, wanted to get my blood pumping, been doing it the past couple of days, just haven't really been getting any sleep uh, over that course of time as well. So just uh, wanted to just, I guess, come on here and give you another weekly episode of of my thoughts, of my opinions on on the matters of the Islanders, the Jets, and opening day with baseball. By the way, before we go on, I just got to say that I love, love, with a capital L, the pitch clock in Major League Baseball. That is a great, great sign of what you want to see from the game. And... I'm one of those old school guys. You got to keep the game the way how it is. Well, in this situation, in, in this spot, you know, two and a half hours, close to two hours and 45 minutes for these past two games, as opposed to last year's average of three hours and 15 minutes, that's a big deal. And you could talk about, for a fan that goes to the game, talk about catching a train, going home, you get home early, you get some sleep. You know, you go into work the following day. You know, you got to think about it from the fans' perspective, too, from this from this point. You know, yeah, the games are what they are, and it's really a mental game, baseball is. But in my opinion, you know, you got to think of the fans' aspect here, too. I love it. I think it's a great thing uh, for the sport. And, you know, I understand that you're trying to get the – the common fan and trying to get the average fan hooked on watching this. But I personally love, I personally love the pitch clock along with the bigger bases. It's great. It speeds up the game, makes it fun, makes it interesting and you got to do it. So, you know what? I was going to lead off with the Islanders. I'll lead off with baseball since we're talking about baseball right now. Opening day, Thursday, Yankees and Mets, they both win. Garrett Cole looks phenomenal. Mets, they go out there. They look good. David Robertson closes out the game on Thursday, right? Friday, Mets lose. All right, understandably so. You're not going to win all 162. Yankees were off. Saturday, Yankees lose in a heartbreaker. They were down by like three runs going into the ninth inning. They wound up losing their game, seven to five. Mets win on Saturday, Sunday. The Yankees and Mets both win. Great, good for New York baseball, fantastic, and that's something that you want to see uh, from these New York teams. You want to see them go out on opening day, assert their presence on the baseball world, and say, "Look." We're here. We're doing it. A couple of things that I've noticed. Anthony Volpe, number one for me for the Yankees. That's that's my number one. Shortstop is something that you want to build your team around at that point in time. He's been playing lights out since, you know, since he's been up at that point. Throughout the whole spring training, he's been lights out. And on Opening day, he got himself a walk. He got on base. He's got a great eye. 
not worried about him at all one bit. Uh, defensively speaking, he makes plays, and he's you know he is what he is. He's a he's a very good player for a young kid, and he's got he's not going to go out there and wow you with power. He's a contact hitter. He's a guy that could get on base via the walk as well, and he's got a great eye. And not only that, but he he's fast. He could go out there and make his presence felt on the base paths. That's something that you want to see. As a Yankee fan, that's a breath of fresh air coming from what you saw in 2020, 2022 excuse me, with the IKF situation along with the past couple of years having Glaber Torres at short as well. Uh, I have no problems with this at all. I think Volpe is the right choice, and he's a breath of fresh air. Now, people are <laughs> telling me, oh, well, you know, you, you said that he'd be in the minor leagues. I only said that he was going to be in the minor leagues due to his contract. That was it, and I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Cashman were to put him down in the minors because of the contract situation, no doubt. But I, I own up to it. I own up to what I said. And look, he's played great. But again, to me, I, I wouldn't be surprised, like I said, if he were to start up here at that point. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt about it. So Anthony Volpe's been playing great uh, at that at that point in time. I'm very happy for him in that sense. Um, you know, Aaron Judge hitting his second home run. Great. He's not off to a cold start. Uh, he... Definitely wants to forget the 62 home run season here for a second. Okay. It's all about the postseason and what you do in October and what you're remembered for. And what Aaron Judge can bring to this team is maybe he can win MVP again. Maybe he can lead the Yankees back to the postseason. And it's all on other guys, too. Guys like Josh Donaldson now playing at third base. LeMayhew getting on base. John Carl Stanton has to stay healthy. No doubt about it. Anthony Rizzo is a, a calming presence in that lineup, if you will. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm hyped about this, along with Garrett Cole being the ace of this team. No doubt. Uh, losing out on Rondon to start off the year doesn't help things out, but it's still early in the year. And I think that some of these young kids like this Brito kid coming in, pitching well, not only in spring training, but against the giants yesterday, uh, definitely helps things out. Uh, Clark Schmidt, eh, eh, you know, it's, it's one game. I understand it. Second game of the year, trying to get the jitters out, but at that same point in time, eh, you know, you got to be a little bit better. I totally understand that, though. But that's why you play 162 for a reason. Um, You know, but outside of that, man, you know, like, they're 2-1, and one, great, good for them. The Mets, on the other hand, 3-1. and one, They won opening day. Lost out on Friday. Saturday and Sunday, they won. Bullpen looks good. Starters look good. The This new pitcher, uh, Senga, Looks unbelievable with the ghost ball that he's got with the way how it just goes like like that. Pretty incredible. Really, really impressed by him and his start yesterday. But again, it, it goes at nauseum. You got to play 162. 
no doubt. It's a long season. Teams are going to figure out pitchers. Pitchers are going to figure out hitters. Coaches are going to get up on. Managers are going to one-up each other uh, during the course of the year. No doubt about it. But it, it's a long year. It's a long year, no doubt. And that's all I got to say on that. Uh, you know, I, did I mention earlier that I love the pitch clock? Yeah, pitch clock's great for the game. But, you know, all in all, New York baseball could not have gone off to a better start in New York for sure. Uh, speaking of New York, let's go to hockey here. The Islanders, team that I root for. Uh, things are not looking good right now at this point. Go from one extreme, from one total, a total 180, if you will. The Yankees, uh, not the Yankees, the Islanders right now, they need to figure out who they are. And what I mean by that is during the year, they beat up on these good teams. Once they got Bo Horvat, and it seems like these other teams right now, they're trying to stymie Horvat and company. And Bo Horvat has not scored in a long time. I think he's only had one goal in like a 10 game span. It's not good. A lot of the fan base clamoring about the fact that he hasn't scored. And what I say to you is after watching all these games, notice where Bo Horvat is on the ice. And when he gets the puck, when he gets the puck, you know, he's right into that. He's getting his shots. He's leading the team uh, with shots on net. He's not afraid to shoot. It's just really a bad luck type of thing. And when, you know, you're not getting the consistent uh, zone times when it comes to seeing Horvat on, in the dirty areas or along the boards. And you got three guys, just like Barzell, when Barzell was constantly switching up line mates before Horvat got here. You know, what, what, what are we doing? At that point, we're criticizing the guy for trying to get in the dirty areas and trying to get the puck out and trying to do his job. But we're more worried about goals and stuff and points and and, and all that. It, hockey's a team game. Hockey is a team game. I understand that you got to get others involved. I understand the stars got to got to play hard. And that's what separates the good teams from the bad teams. But when you're when I'm watching the game, you got to go out there and you know you got to you got to hold your own weight. And with the way how the Islanders play, on that top line, should be their second line because the Engvall, Nelson, and Palmieri line has been the best line for them thus far this year. But when I keep on hearing about oh they're they're paying him eight and a half million dollars next year. You know, I'm looking at it from, from this perspective. This year, Vancouver's paying a quarter of his salary. And some people are still hung up on, on the trade. Oh, we should never get given up Ovillier and Ratu in the first-round pick. And it's like, you know, you play to win the game. Who knows if Anthony Beauvillier would have went on a goal streak at that point? We don't know. I don't know that. He's done it in the past. But, you know, it's not the same. You know, he, he was in his funk. He needed to change the scenery. I think he'll he'll even admit that to you. 
at that point in time. And I love Anthony Beauvillier. But there are people still hung up about that. It's disgusting. It's also kind of crazy about the fact with Bo that he's kind of taken a lot of pressure off, off the teammates. You know, you look at what Andrews Lee's doing now. You look at what Brock Nelson's doing with Engvall and Palmieri being there. You know, he's taking a lot of pressure off of them. Pajot with Parise. You know, you got Matt Martin playing the best hockey he's been playing in in years. Hal Carterbuck coming back from injury with Zizekas. You know, like, what are we doing here? And then it's the same thing with the coaching staff over and over and over again that I that I consistently see here. In one minute, you got Bailey playing with, with Barzell and Horvat, and Barzell goes down, and Bailey playing horrible. I understand all that. Bailey should not be playing in another game this year. He should be bought out or he should be retired next year. And I love Josh Bailey. I love Josh Bailey. But when Barzell comes back and you got Holmstrom, you know, what are you going to do? You're, you got Bailey and Holmstrom at that point in time fighting for a spot. And Barzell's going to be skating this week. He's going to be on that top line. You're not putting down Hudson Fashion. Guy's been playing well over the course of time. So that leaves the question for you right now as an Islander fan. You know, I know I went off on a tangent, but it's just a constant, constant blender of the lines, if you will, with Horvat too, in that sense. There's no doubt about it. So, you know, it's like, oh, Bull Horvat hasn't scored any goals. Yeah, well, look, look at the line that Horvat's been playing on since Barzi's been hurt. The leadership qualities are there. Him winning faceoffs are there. It's a noticeable difference with this team. He's on a penalty kill. There are other things that he's doing to help this team win games. It is a bit noticeable, yeah, that he's not scoring goals, but to say that he's a slouch is, you know, I think you're delusional to say that Bo Horvat hasn't been producing in other areas. But people like to look at the game from a goals assist and points standpoint and what you do plus minus. If you're not watching the whole game, what are you doing? What are you focusing on at that point? You know, finishing checks. You're going out there. You're playing a good, hard defensive. Like, what are you watching? It, it's 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 incredible. It's incredible when I when oh he he sucks. He can't score goals. He sucks. But yet he's playing. He's a leader. He's being. He's a good defensive player. And he's you know he's finishing checks. He's doing his thing. He's going into the dirty areas for pucks. He's not afraid to get to get dirty at that point in time. You know, he's winning face-offs. Like, what, what are we doing? You know? And if it wasn't for Horvat, where would this team be right now with Barzell being hurt? 
And if Horvat didn't come here, where would this team be right now? They'd be we'd be all ripping our hair out probably with Bailey and with Beauvillier and with you know with others in that sense. They fought back. You're not going to win all these games. And with the way how the Islanders won their games in March, unbelievable. Absolutely downright unbelievable. But you're not going to win them all. And it's going to be a fight for the finish, no doubt. Florida's on our ass. I say our, we. Like, I play for the team. I watched every game. I'm there at every game. At home. Florida's on on the Isles ass right now. They're fighting for a playoff spot. You know, Keith Kachuk talking about not being physical, and I think that kind of woke up the Panthers, if you will, uh, in that sense, right? You got Paul Maurice yelling at them on the bench. Good for them for the, from that standpoint. Pittsburgh, dangerous team with Crosby and Malkin still. Gensel and Latang still playing over there, no doubt. But their goaltending situation has to be a lot better. And I think maybe with Casey, De, uh, not Casey DeSmith, but maybe Tristan Jari figures it out. Who knows? So, you know, it, it's crazy. And then you look at the the other the other teams that are still in it. Washington playoff chances are done after what they had to go up against with the Rangers, right? Uh, last night, uh, you know, you look at you know Ottawa; they're still fighting in that in that spot. Buffalo fighting for that spot. But here's the difference between uh, I mentioned that nauseum, and I'll say it again. The Islanders have goaltending and defense and physicality. We're opposed to as the Panthers, they don't have that. They don't have that. They have the goal scoring. It's there. Are they physical? Sure, somewhat. Bobrovsky, when he's hot and he plays well, sure. But it's not, it's you don't have Ilias Rogan in that. You don't. Um and then you look at Pittsburgh, the same thing. They don't have goaltending. You know, Tristan Jari, he is what he is at that point. But I, I just look at it and I just say to myself, Islanders have it. They have they have that style to go out there. And their penalty kill, yeah, it took a little bit of a hit, but you know what? It's still good to that to that point. Um, but yeah, that's all I gotta say on that. Uh you know, you're looking at Carolina fighting for that number one seed. It's probably going to be the Rangers and the Devils probably fighting for the two and the three seed. And, you know, I was listening to Boomer and Geo the, uh, this morning. And Boomer brought up a good point that you want to go up against Carolina because Carolina, you're playing up against the, the Rangers or or the Devils in the following round. We're opposed to if you play Boston as wild card two. Not only do you have to play Boston, but let's say miraculously the Islanders beat the the uh, the Bruins, and I don't think any team wants to go up against the Bruins in the first round. But then you got to play up against Tampa, the winner of Tampa and Toronto. Ask yourself this question: Do you, do I see Toronto winning against Tampa Bay? I mean. They're going to have home ice again, more than likely. And 
with the way how things are going right now, do you want to play up against Boston in the first round? Honestly, it's if you do that, I think it's a five-game series, six-game series at best. It'll be an entertaining one. It'll be close with some questionable calls by referees along the way. That's just how I feel about it. But, you know, we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens at that at that point in time. And I don't think when you hear in Boomer, who has Matt Martin as his son-in-law, uh, you know, probably talking about things, who would want to go up against Boston in the first round, um, who knows? But again, it's like, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right. So Chiruchi with you here on the On the Board Sports podcast. And nothing really going on with Aaron Rodgers. Again, I'm wearing my jet green right now. Probably gonna go out, out and about, maybe grab some breakfast. But uh, you know, nothing really going on with Aaron Rodgers still. Uh, you know. People that care about Odell Beckham Jr. and Robert Sala watching a basketball game together. Who cares? At the end of the day, let them live their lives. You know, at the uh, to me, Odell Beckham is probably going to be a Jet more than likely. And you know, if he comes here for five mil, ten mil, it is what it is. Bottom line for me, as much as I don't want him here, he's if he is going to be here, I'm going to root for the guy. I have no other choice. I'm a Jet fan. I'll root for him, plain and simple, no doubt. Uh, yeah, nothing really going on outside of that. And tonight is the end of the college basketball season, and you got the you got the UConn Huskies going up against the San Diego State uh, Aztecs. Pretty good in that sense. Um, I look at where where both teams are. You got this Senga kid playing absolutely unbelievable, and they have the the other big guy out there as well. And you got the guard play for UConn playing absolutely out of their mind. It's really unbelievable what you're seeing from UConn. And say what you will, they look like the most dominant team in in the uh, in the tournament thus far. Like there's no weaknesses on UConn's team. And I wouldn't be surprised if UConn wins it all. I think the Cinderella story ends tonight for San Diego State. I think they'll give them a run for their money, no doubt. But, you know, for me, I just I just think UConn's going to win it all, and that's it. Um, and in the NBA, the Nets, surprisingly, they're still in it uh, as, I believe, like a sixth seed or probably like in a play-in uh, at that point. And you got the Knicks – as a five seed right now, Jalen Brunson playing unbelievable. Julius Randle going down uh, really says a lot about what what the Knicks are as a team. And uh, yeah, you know that's that's pretty much about it. You know, Lakers are fighting for their playoff spot for their playoff lives at that point. And they, by the way, the CBA. Oh, uh, man, let let I'll I'll just talk about this for. A little bit because they they came together and here it is. So the NBA and the National Basketball Players Association have reached an agreement on a new seven-year collective bargaining agreement 
Uh, here it is. Among the key elements of the deal described to ESPN, uh, the NBA is curbing the ability of the highest spending teams such as the Golden State Warriors and the LA Clippers to continue running up salary and luxury tax spending while still maintaining mechanisms to add talent to the roster. The league is implementing a second salary cap apron, $17.5 million over the tax line. So basically, I guess you're going you're gonna to spend and you're going to get a penalty, if you will, right? Uh, and those teams will lose several key team building mechanisms, including the taxpayer mid-level exception, utilizing cash and trades, moving first-round picks and drafts that are seven years away. I mean, that's a good thing in a sense. You know, we've been seeing a lot of that in the NBA uh, with the draft picks that are like five years away getting moved for superstars. It's pretty crazy uh, in that sense. So you want to you want to keep the NBA uh, fairly watchable and having season tickets uh, in, in play here, too, as well. Um Let's see. In an attempt to curb load management and lost games among star players, the NBA is tying eligibility for postseason awards for teams and MVP to a mandatory 65. That's that's smart. Okay, I like that. So you got to play 65 games in order to be an MVP candidate. All right. Uh, the in-season tournament, this is stupid to me. Why even have an in-season tournament? Uh, could arrive as soon as the 2023-24 season. The event will include pool play games baked baked into the regular season schedule starting in November with eight teams advancing to a single elimination tournament in December. So this is next year. I want to see how this is going to pan out. The final four will be held at a neutral site with Las Vegas prominent in the discussion makes no sense why why have an in-game tour i just i want somebody to explain to me why there should be an in-game tournament or an in-season tournament that makes no sense each season's tournament game would count toward regular season standings the two finalists would ultimately play in an 83rd game that would not count in the regular what Winning players and coaches will still earn additional prize money. Okay, it sounds stupid, but from a fan's perspective, the NBA and the MBPA have agreed to increase the upper limits on extensions from a 120% increase on a current deal to 140. All right, Jalen Brown's going to probably cash in on that. Uh... Let's see what else. Not a fan of this playing tournament. I'm not. Why even have it? If you're gonna do that, then start this start the year on Christmas Day, like you did back in the 2011 season, and just do that instead of playing a full 82 games like this. Just eliminate 17 games and just have have the season start up just like that. And honestly, play a point system. You know, do it like that where points matter at that point, like the NHL. Stupid. Playing tournament so stupid. Makes no sense. And you're going to play in eight, the two. The two teams are going to play that, that are playing each other, going to be in the final, you know, play in an 83rd game. 
a meaningless game. So stupid. So stupid. And and they're banning marijuana. Another stupid thing. Why? Why do that? I don't like where the NBA is going. Got to get the scoop rule back in. Got to get other things back in. NBA is getting unwatchable to me. No doubt. All right. That's all I got to say on that. Um, and that's it. Have a great day. I'll talk with you guys again soon. Be on the lookout for an NHL Arenas episode on Wednesday. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys soon on Friday. Peace out. God bless. Stay safe out there wherever you may be.